Alright everybody, it's finally happened. The Metal Hand of God podcast has finally got an online merch store. It's located at tpublic.com. That's right, tpublic, T-E-E, public.com. Go there, to their website, type in M-H-O-G, and a variety of art designs will pop up where you can put them on t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, Pandemic masks. That's right. We also have pandemic masks. The new fashion accessory for the year 2020 into 2021. We have wall art, notebooks, mugs, pillows, pins, you name it. Hey, you want stickers? Magnets? How about a phone case? That's right. You can get an MHOG phone case just by going to tpublic.com. A variety of sizes and colors, and the quality is Hands down, the best you're going to find. That's right. MHOG Merch Store at tpublic.com. You're part of the family. Might as well really be part of the family and grab yourself an MHOG tea at tpublic.com. Thanks for listening to the MHOG Podcast. And for all your support through the years... We want to see those t-shirts outside, so go to Tee Public. Order your MHOG merch today. TeePublic.com show today uh, without a co-host. I'm doing this one a little early today. They may be in bed sleeping like normal people. Um, But I thought I would talk to you today um, about uh, why I really like the idea of uh, ghost grabbers. Um, Ghost grabbers to me is not like, and do not want it to be like a lot of those other ghost shows or things like that you see on TV Um, but I figured I'd let you know why I am into and believe in things uh, of the supernatural uh, paranormal vein 
The uh, first thing I want to tell you is, I think the best way to go about it is to tell you maybe uh, a story about myself. Maybe a couple stories about myself, uh, why the, this is this all appeals to me. Um, I think the first story I will tell you is maybe the first and earliest uh, story about uh, my experience. I think that would make a lot more sense to a lot of people who are listening. So, uh, first let me tell you where I grew up. I grew up in western Pennsylvania, um, a very old part of our settled country. Where I grew up, a lot of uh, blue-collar, very hard-working people, but very rural uh, farms. You know, if I rode my bicycle, it would take, you know, I'd have to go like a mile and a half just to see my next neighbor that had a kid that I could, you know, we could play with when we were kids, you know. But uh, a lot of country, a lot of mountains, hand-laid uh, train tracks down the road. You could hear the whistles in the evening, you know, a very country. So uh, I grew up in a house. Uh, my parents bought this house uh, back in 1972, I believe. Uh, I came on a lot later, uh, but the house was in very, very bad disrepair. Uh, it was old, standard Pennsylvania farmhouse a big white box uh, is what a, about a story and a half uh, very plain looked like the Quakers built it matter of fact that it's quite possibly they did considering uh, my home was well over um, well well over a hundred and I think they said it was over 123 years old 127 years old something like that uh, the land was of course much older we had a, it was a small farm, had some cows and stuff like that in the area, but uh, uh, we worked the farm just to, you know, help supplement income type of thing. But uh, getting back to the house and how I grew up. Dad and my mom, my grandparents put a lot of time uh, trying to fix the home up to make it more livable. I guess when they moved in, uh, you could see through the walls. Uh, daylight. Definitely not the most insulated thing in the world. Uh, so they had to go back and, and, and do what they could to uh, to make it more livable. Now, when I said they redid this house, don't don't get mixed up with something that you see on, uh, you know, homes being redone on TV and all of a sudden all the walls are drywalled and, you know, custom flooring. Uh, we did it uh, the best way we could with the materials we could afford to do it by. Um give you an idea um, one of the uh, areas of the room which was the most interesting to me was we had a stairwell of course to go up the center and you went up uh, 30 some steps uh, make a left go up another 12 and you were at the top landing that overlooked the stairs you know it was like a balcony area around it and there's the bedrooms and stuff upstairs um, but that whole entire upstairs hall going up there, floor to ceiling. Now you can imagine how tall this is. It's, it's pretty tall. My dad went, we couldn't figure out how to keep uh, the drafts through and stuff out of that, that area of the house and didn't have the money for drywall. Didn't have the money to really do anything with it. So um, used to be old, 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 old wallpaper over uh, wooden slats, you know, and it was, you know, that's how they did things back in the day. So what we did was 
uh, take uh, carpet remnants. Now carpet remnants are about, I don't know, 18 inches wide by uh, 22, 24 inches long. Literally what it says it is, they're, they're remnants, they're pieces of old carpet. We got the carpet remnants that were on displays, like you would go if you're looking for carpet at like Home Depot or a carpet store, and they have those gigantic folders that you go through, and you flip the really big page, and there's a next big gigantic section of carpet that you can feel and you can touch to get an idea what it looked like, and you turn the next one, and yeah, well we had about, I don't know, hundreds of those. My dad ended up paying, uh, five cents a piece for that we got from a um, uh, from a store I guess I'm not sure I, it was like I said before I came along he put floor to ceiling the whole way up all these carpet remnants on the walls it was very cool for insulation and it was a cool pattern it, if you uh, ever uh, if you know anything about uh, books of the Bible and stuff it kind of looked like uh, Joseph and his many you know his coat of many colors type of thing it was very strange textures and colors and patterns and everything but just up the wall it was crazy it looked like Andy Warhol did it but uh yeah it was it's a fun it was a fun thing but it was uh cheap it was practical it was usable just to give you an idea of um, the, the type of building and uh you know how we reinforced the the old home later on I came along and from the time I could remember it was just me my mom, my dad, and my grandma. And, uh, you know, everybody, I just remember, you know, crawling around and, you know, not, not like infant crawling around. Like, I mean, I, I think my earliest memories might be from, I might have been two, you know. You know that's when you really start to remember things anyway. But uh, I remember uh, great times with my parents and my grandmother sitting in the room grandma would be in the room with me i'd be playing on the floor all the way up through you know i think age you know it was two three four you know walking around chasing chasing my mom and dad and my grandma around the house when i was able to walk uh, it was weird because um every memory i have of of that, or those early days of me in that house um, it seemed like because this wasn't really a, a baby-proofed home at all. <laughs> I don't even know if there were such things as baby-proofing back then. Um, I don't, I don't know how I didn't hurt myself as much as I did. I remember being a little kid crawling up those big stairs touching the walls, those carpet remnants, those different colors, those different textures, the whole way up, all of those stairs, which uh, a parent today would be like, what in the hell are they doing? They're going to fall, they're going to get hurt, you know, it's nothing we thought of back then, you know, babies bounce, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things, if you're a little kid, you, you, you don't get hurt for long, you heal, you know, you're fine, you learn not to do it again, it's one of those type of thought patterns, the old way of thinking. But I've, I always remember if I get up to that landing, I remember a couple times. Just I don't know why I remember these couple times. Uh, Grandma meeting me on the poor on that landing or just above that landing and making sure I got up okay. Never really picking me up, just getting me up the stairs. You know, making sure I did it okay. I could do it myself. That type of thing. 
but I'd be all over that house playing in different rooms and stuff like that. And But in the evening, she used to sit with me again until I, I t- fell asleep. And sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and she'd be there. And then, you know, your little kid, you're all over. You don't want to get up. Roll over. She's downstairs. I remember my mom making breakfast and smelling bacon and pancakes and stuff downstairs. And finally, that'll lure a, that'll that'll lure the the young boy out of the bed if he get a nice hot breakfast. Shit, it'll it'll lure me out of the bed now. Who am I kidding? Yeah, for years and years and years, and I'd run around with my imaginary friends and, and play because I didn't have brothers and sisters. Uh, we had a lot of woods and a lot of land and I used to play outside quite a bit you know wait for my dad to get home from work and, and I'd tell them stories of what I did today and they you know little kids and imaginations okay playing with his imaginary friends again okay well yeah we'll listen to him we'll humor him always fun when you're a kid it wasn't till uh, later I would say um, oh I think it was around an Easter time, I remember, asking a question that I didn't understand the answer to. It was, we had gone to Easter service at the church. We went to, well, churches at that time. We went to lots of churches and stuff all over the area. We weren't really any particular denomination at that time. I went to my grandmother Wolf's, which is my mom's mom. And uh, we had a, it was a big family Easter get-together there. Uh, she lived more in the city, in the in the town, uh, not far from an area of western Pennsylvania called Butler. And uh, so I was there in the living room. Uh, all the cousins are there from my dad's side and, and some from my mom's side. And so uh, at that point in time, my grandfather had passed away, my granddad Wolf. So it was a lot of, lot of ladies cooking in the kitchen and uh, a lot of the kids just playing around the upstairs area, a little bit in the backyard, that sort of thing. But again, I was little. I was a little kid. I'm going to say it was early. I might have been at this point in time in my life. Five going on six. Must have been around that time. So um, I said, I, I just came out and asked. Kids ask the darndest things, as they say. And my question was, my, my, my Grandma Wolf is there, my Grandma Shepik is there. I asked where my other grandma was. And uh, I got kind of a, I don't know if my mom was in a bad mood that day, maybe. Uh, it was kind of a stern, uh, it isn't the time for this type of thing, we're having a family thing type of vibe I got. And she just looked at me and said, uh, basically that, it's, it's, you know, no, it's not the time to ask those questions. I mean, you will pretend at the house when we get back, but right now you're with family. I said, well, that's why I'm asking, where's my other grandma? So my dad comes over with a plate of food, I remember, and looks at my mom and says, what, what's going on? What's wrong? Because he's asking about his other grandma. And he said, son, he says, everybody in the family's here. He says, uh, we'll, we'll pretend later. And that just dumbfounded me because I didn't understand what was going on. Well, after that, after that Easter dinner, um, 
went back home, confused. I was quiet most of the day. I didn't want to play with anybody. I sat in a corner with my... Uh, I think the memory says that, if I remember correctly, I was sitting there coloring in a Scooby-Doo coloring book, uh, just waiting to go home because I was mad. I was mad and I was upset that they wouldn't invite the other, you know, my other grandmother to the Easter dinner. We never invited her anywhere. Christmas, she was always at the house. You know, uh, Easter, I, I guess I was getting to that point where I, I started asking a lot more of the hard questions. You know, there is a there is an age when kids start to do that. I guess that was my age. I guess that's the reason I started asking those questions. The, uh, we get home and, uh, my mom said he's going to sit there and pout. I don't understand why you're pouting. And I said, because cause I, I don't understand why we don't invite the other grandma. Where's mother? And we get to the house. And she's not at the house. And I'm like, why? Where is she? And I'm looking all over the place for her. My parents set me down downstairs and said, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, you, you realize that that grandma isn't real. And I defiantly, and in apparently a bad tone, because I got threatened to get my butt smacked, as we did back then. <laughs> um, I said, that's not true. I said, you, you know she's here. She's always been here. And I started telling them all these stories, everything that I knew was true the scary part for them was they believed me they really thought all this time it was just the the imagination of a little boy um, even to the point where I used to make gifts for holidays Christmas and things like that and I would leave for that that grandma I'd make because when we would have functions, the excuse was, well, she's not down here because she's tired. She was up late. She'll get her gifts later. They just kind of humored me, apparently. That's just the way it went. The, the, the look on my parents' face, seeing the, how intent I was and how real everything in this was, the details in which I, I explained Grandma in that house were so precise, more accurate, more e even, I guess, terms that I used, terminology, the, the descriptions of things that I used should not have been coming out of a, I'm, a, I'm pretty sure it was five years old, five, six years old, uh, out of their head, out of their mouth. Let me switch gears real quick. My parents believed in the paranormal. Uh, just not thinking that a long-term paranormal thing could have been happening right under their nose this entire time and they never gave it any thought. They just chalked it up to a little boy and his imagination. But um, I was very distraught. Uh, I was, it, it actually felt like I was being told my grandmother died. So they went all through the house with me, all through the house. Their mood changed. It became more of not just believing me. It became more of a concern. 
knowing that it is very, very possible this entire time my imaginary friend was not an imaginary friend. Uh, my quote-unquote grandma of the house was possibly a ghost. Uh, I have been talking for years, playing for years with a ghost, a ghost lady, a ghost adult. I uh, assumed, um, as I found out later, I guess I didn't have to assume, I knew this whole possibility really at that moment scared them. They didn't think it would happen in their house, but I guess everything was laid out for them all these years. They just never pieced it all together. I mean, for God's sakes, my home was over 100 years old. We lived in the country, in an area full of original Pennsylvania settlers. Uh, who knows who had this home before? We didn't. My dad got it at, uh, I later found out, uh, got the property in the house at a, a sheriff's sale auction. Um, it used to be somebody's uh, farm back in the day. It is you know transpired uh, the, the the ownership has moved from person to person over the years type of thing but the land and the home had a lot of history that we knew nothing about you know nothing and the first time I remember really seeing quote-unquote grandma more in my house was when my dad and my granddad my uncles and everybody really were trying to fix it up to make it level and now, knowing, I, I, I do know nowadays that a, a lot of claims go with renovations of homes and things changing in the homes always seems to stir up activity. I remember this ghost, the ghost of Grandma, uh, being very, um, more than a ghost. I remember things being handed to me from her. Uh, for a entity to do things like that, that's more poltergeist type activity, I would think. Um, now, they do say a lot of times that uh, certain poltergeists uh, are manifestations of, of ourselves, uh, energies coming from us, manipulating the surrounding areas and things like that. But I really think this ghost had the more of the ability to do things themselves, and nothing was ever malicious. Nothing, absolutely nothing was malicious. It was loving, it was caring. Um, I never felt threatened, never felt scared. My parents were terrified. They were terrified to the point where they had actually talked about, at that point in time, having the home, uh, uh, having a blessing done at the home. Um, all sorts of different things that they could have been doing. But I didn't, I didn't want grandma to go. I didn't, I didn't want this entity to leave. It was like, at that point in time, the knowledge of that grandma not being real changed everything. The every, every encounter, knowing that almost every night at that point in time, I was seeing her. In my room, in the hallways. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized I'd never gotten a hug from that grandmother. I had never, you know, sat on her lap like you would do as a little boy or a baby. I don't remember being held by that grandma. Now, grandmas always hold babies. <laughs> That's just what they do. 
that I, I, I never experienced that and I never that's my realization I never gave that any thought so um, it was later on uh, that that entire night I didn't see her I had no vision of her I waited up it's like I, I refused to sleep because I, I needed to see her I begged and pleaded in my room as little kids do you know you know cried a little bit probably I don't remember but there it was in my room let me explain my bedroom real quick just to give you a visual of when I say my room my room didn't my bedroom did not have a door on it uh, my bedroom was uh, well doors doors in that house was were uh, upgrades <laughs> we had one on the front one on the back we were lucky to have that uh, for uh, we had one in the bathroom <laughs> my parents had a door uh, on their bedroom other than that the rest of the rooms had no doors so um, it was it, my bedroom was quite large uh, it wasn't your average little boy's bedroom again it wasn't a, a babied a baby bedroom since my uh, this farmhouse was more of a uh, uh, I don't know I don't I never understood how this farmhouse was designed it never really made much sense to me um, I wish I knew more history on that house maybe I'll have to look it up some more someday um, but uh, I had these gigantic uh, cab like cubbies on the wall these big cabinets with uh, um, a picture of a cubby like a above locker area but the doors were made out of four by eight pieces of plywood that were on hinges that folded down kind of like a suspended military footlocker from World War II and they were all up on the wall just all made out of wood I think part of that room might have been at one point in time which is now my bedroom was some sort of I don't know storage area for uh, like a makeshift attic room uh, I guess they used to call them trunk rooms back in the day Victorian times maybe earlier I'm not sure I, my, my, med, my bedroom made no sense it really didn't but neither here nor there uh, I didn't have a door on it so that night passed uh, I was so exhausted the next day I remember my mom trying to she was concerned it was getting cool outside it was April uh, in Pennsylvania that just means another quick winter's coming before spring she didn't want me getting sick uh, so, you know, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, so we ate a lot of soup. That's the reason I don't eat a lot of soup today. Um, I had some soup, uh, had some tea, whatever. But uh, I remember going back upstairs and uh, sitting at the top of the uh, top of the steps. And at the top of the steps, uh, very top of the steps, uh, was the bathroom. And the door was uh, just kind of open. Big old door, heavy, solid wood door with crystal doorknob. I love those, I love those doorknobs. Um, but I just happened to um, turn around enough just to kind of put my back against the wall so I could look down the stairs to the left and up the stairs to the right. And I saw what looked like an arm back of an arm like I was just catching the back of someone's sleeve in the bathroom well I knew my mom was downstairs my dad was probably at work or outside cutting wood or something because we had a wood burning fireplace that, that heated the whole house like an old, old wood burner 
So, uh, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not crazy. There she is. So I was so excited, so excited. And uh, I opened that door. And when I opened the door, I think I actually saw, I saw her for the first time. Not the way I saw her as a child. But I saw her as I would, as a more adult. I think the new information that maybe grandma wasn't real, uh, the, the information that I've been talking to a ghost all these years changed the situation for me. It changed it changed everything. It changed the air, the way... The, it's like... If the idea of doubt... The idea of doubt... That was now put in my head... That what I was experiencing was a real person... Changed the way that real person looked... To me. It... It was the lack of innocence... Now... I think that... That did it in... I heard a, a, a bit of a, a, a sob, a sad cry, but I was again very excited to know that they were in there and I opened the door and we had this um, old, old uh, silvered mirror above the sink in the bathroom. Uh, it, was, it wasn't a bathroom mirror, I think it used to be part over someone's fireplace at one point in time like a mantle mirror. But I happened to look at her and realize she wasn't a grandma-grandma. She was just a woman. Uh, I never realized she never aged. She only must have aged in my mind. Maybe she appeared to age for my, you know, for my sake, growing up as a child. Uh, but I think the knowledge that I knew now... Uh, the knowledge that I knew hurt her somehow, which is not, not was never the intention. I think the, uh, well, her face was different. She was a younger woman than I thought, not grandma. She was probably in her thirties, maybe. I don't know. I was a little kid. I'm. I'm now thinking back, I would say 30s. Uh, she was in a light grayish blue dress that looked, I would say, grandma-esque, but I guess maybe for her time it was not. Uh, she had dark brown hair. And the reflection of her, the first glimpse of her was a very plain yet pretty country cute, if you would, younger woman. Within a split second, her face changed to something very scary um, 
decomposed, if you will, uh, which frightened me because I just remember being able to see teeth, her teeth through her where her cheek would have been. It was it was very, very disturbing, and I didn't scream. I was in shock, and I just remember gasping for air, so heavy that I almost <laughs> fell backwards. And at that moment, I think she knew I could see her true face. And she cried harder. And uh, she reached out with, like, behind her with her one hand. And I noticed a uh, distinct uh, mark around her neck which, uh, as an adult, I could only think was either she had been strangled or more than likely maybe hung herself. Uh, she faded away at that point in time. It was like she was standing there, but I still saw her reflection in the mirror, and she walked away, Just and it was gone in like a second and a half. One and a half seconds, she was gone. So, uh, my realization as an adult, looking back on this story, was, I think, when innocence, at any age, the, the uh, realization, the reality of possible, just instilling in I, just a little bit of doubt to any situation when it comes to the paranormal, can change the experience not just for you but for the entity itself if it is a what is classified as an intelligent haunt which obviously mine was it will change everything that's why I think when people have ex uh, experiences that are non-positive uh, that are, they're letting an entity take over their lives and their homes. Uh, it takes a moment for them to... to... They, they need to put their foot down and take their situation back. The innocence lost will change a paranormal experience in a heartbeat. So, uh, it was a sad day. It still makes me a little upset today. Uh, knowing that I didn't have that third grandmother in my home. I can give you so many more details on this story, but I've just been rambling on about it. Um, but I wanted to uh, share this first story. It, this is a, a ghost story that affected me for many, 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 many years. It still affects me today, but as a child, this whole experience uh, I know happened. I believe wholeheartedly it happened. I have still have the conversations with my parents about it today. If I was asked to add anything to any paranormal research paper of what I think can change a haunting, I would definitely say the loss of innocence, be it as a child, or an adult in the situation will completely change the paradigm. It'll completely change how 
the haunting operates and how it how it manifests itself so that's why paranormal studies and research have always always been a part of my life the the paranormal world as I told earlier in the story that my parents did believe in the paranormal uh, the paranormal's always been a part of my family uh, throughout many 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 generations um, there isn't a book that you can crack open uh, at some point in time uh, especially through the Victorian era and, and earlier much earlier than that but uh, some of my relatives names pop up in those books but I, I'm not gonna get into that but so yeah I'm I would call this story the age of innocence lost um, that that would pretty much explain my very first paranormal experience I'm glad to have been able to share it with you I'm glad that I'm able to put it on ghost grabbers um, I had some people ask me this question before I never really shared it with anybody but I thought today might be the day I just put it out there thank you so much for listening I know not everything on Ghost Grabber's channel is uh, ghost-oriented, but uh, we're hoping to change that in the future. The more the merrier when it comes to ghosts. But uh, we also talk about a lot of other things, uh, cryptids and things like that. So uh, keep your ears open, uh, keep your eyes open for uh, new episodes. And uh, again, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to me ramble on about my story. And uh, later on, I'll... I'll put up some more stories uh, and experiences that I've had throughout my, my life, and uh, I look forward to hearing any comments. Um, be gentle <laughs> if you do, and uh, uh, thanks again. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thank you.